This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Caregiver's Compass. My name is Stephanie Muscat. I am a registered social worker and psychotherapist. Please note that this episode is not the act of psychotherapy. So what happens when we've been helping to take care of our loved one at home or they're living in our home and this just does not feel feasible anymore. And we keep stretching this because we know that home, you know, might be the best environment for us in our minds and for our loved ones. But for whatever reason, it's not working out. Maybe they are too high care. Maybe it is way too expensive to have them managed at home. And all of a sudden, you're realizing that you might need to explore a facility, but a lot of emotions come with this shift. And so today, this is what I want to talk about. I am going to bring in a case scenario for you as well, just to illustrate what this can look like. This is going to be an anonymous case scenario, but this is one that stands out in my mind in terms of this decision. And I am definitely not a physician. I am not someone who can make decisions based off of your loved one situation, but I can provide situations that maybe you can relate to to see that, yes, these are emotional circumstances. And yes, this is really difficult, but other people may have gone through something similar. And so in this specific scenario, I was working with a family And this happened because their loved one ended up falling on the street and they ended up in hospital and they did not have a known next of kin. They had a friend, but unfortunately, this individual had significant cognitive impairments. And we're going to refer to her as Sophia. And Sophia fell and hit her face. She broke her nose and they brought her to the hospital. She had a few leg injuries, but the main issue really is that Sophia did not have next of kin. And so the plan was that Sophia was going to return to her apartment where she lived by herself. And the team, when she came into the hospital, believed that she had a delirium. So She was very confused, acting quite aggressively, which we can see a lot in individuals, especially when they do have underlying cognitive impairment and they're in a new situation and their body is undergoing significant stress in some way from an incident. So she came in, she was quite delirious, quite verbally aggressive and obviously recovering, and the hospital was not able to send her home just yet, and unfortunately could not locate a next of kin. This individual had been known to be a widow and did not have any children. And so once she started feeling better physically, she started asking to go home. Now, it was pretty evident to the team that 
she did not have a memory into her life. So she would mix events up and tell us that she had just gone on a big vacation, which actually hadn't happened in a number of years. And she would tell us that she was going to go working abroad, which was not happening. She had retired something like 20 years prior. She also did not have any awareness into her finances. And we were able to get in touch with the landlord and find out that she was having difficulty paying her rent, but she had no awareness of that. So the team started getting a bit concerned because even though she really wanted to go home and she was independent, she could not tell us what would happen, let's say, if her apartment was set on fire. And she could not tell us what she would do if she was in an emergency situation. And these are the types of things that kind of worry us, but it's a very big ethical situation because obviously she has her own life. She's independent. She wants to go home. And who are we to make these decisions? Unfortunately, we could not locate a next of kin. And this was a very complicated situation. And usually when we can't locate a next of kin and these situations are pretty difficult. We do have to sometimes source it out to the government to make decisions. And this is a whole complicated process, which I'm not going to get into right now. But what ended up happening with this lady is that all of a sudden I got a phone call at my office from her nephew and he lived in another country on another continent. And he called me and he said, I just found out that my aunt is in your hospital. I have been looking for her for seven months. We thought that she had passed away. She didn't answer her phone. We did not know what was going on. And we ended up calling her landlord and finally found out that she was transferred to your hospital. And what's happening with her? And is she okay? Et cetera, et cetera. So this was a big moment for us because, oh my gosh, she has next of kin. This is really, really great because they know her way better than we do and they know her life and they can talk to her and they know if this is actually how she presents and way, way better situation. So once we found them and we authorized that they were next of kin, we had made sure that there was nobody else that was a possible next of kin. Then we started having meetings with them and the team would say what their concerns were to them. And then the nephew would talk to his mom, who was the patient's sister, and would then translate for her because they were on another continent. They didn't speak English and they were pretty much given a decision. And the decision was, you know, you can make the decision for your sister to go home and live at risk and you know her best. And so if you feel that you can put in the supports for her that she needs, it is possible for her to go home. It's just she's going to need a lot of support and you're on the other side of the world. So what's this going to look like? And that's going to be on you to arrange support and navigate support. So what is that going to look like? That was scenario one. Scenario two was, listen, the other option might be that she has to start looking for a facility, you know, a nursing home that can provide her with the care she needs in one place. She will be safe there. But this 
person did not want to go to a nursing home. It was this big thing. She would constantly say she didn't want to go. That was absolutely not her trajectory in all our conversations. And her sister was in a really difficult place. She wasn't here. She couldn't see her in the middle of COVID. And she had to make this decision on behalf of her sister for her life. She had to decide, am I going to give up her apartment? Am I going to make my sister go to this nursing home when I don't even see my sister? I can't even view the nursing home. Is she going to hate me? Am I going to be made out to be a bad person? Is she never going to talk to me again? You know, this is a big, big deal. This is a responsibility on its own. But then when you're in another country and you thought your sister was dead for seven months and then you find her and you realize, oh, now I have to make a decision for the rest of her life and she might hate me and I can't actually talk to her face to face and see how she's actually doing and what's happening. I can't negotiate with her. They would talk on the phone. But her sister would hang the phone up on her whenever they talked about nursing homes. And it was just such a bad situation for her. And this brought up a lot of emotions, understandably. And this is the very relatable part is that she had so many feelings of guilt. She felt so conflicted. She felt so embarrassed that she couldn't make a decision. She was angry at life that it gave her the situation. She would remove herself for days at a time, but then obviously she had responsibilities, so she would come back. It was just such a hard situation for her, and it was completely put on her shoulders out of nowhere. She could never have imagined that this would have happened. So It took her such a long time to make a decision, understandably. Now, obviously, the hospital wants someone to make a decision really quickly, but she could not. This was such a big dilemma for her. And ultimately, she did decide that her sister needed to go to a nursing home because it was a real issue that her sister had no insight into her medication needs. Her sister had no insight into what to do if she was in an emergency She did not even remember what bus she had to take to the grocery store. So getting lost was a big concern. There were a lot of things that she just didn't feel she could monitor from another continent. She also would have to be responsible for all the care people that would come in and be responsible for paying them because her sister didn't have the ability to manage her finances anymore and didn't have money. And it was there was a lot going on for her. And she expressed so many times that this was so difficult. She broke down into tears. She didn't know what to do. She tried to consult physicians in her area and looked up diagnoses and trajectories of what might happen to her sister. It was really hard. And she educated herself, but it didn't take away the feelings that she felt, the frustration, the guilt, the anger, the sadness Plus, this was her sister deteriorating, you know? This was someone that she grew up with, somebody that she had been close to for her life. And all of a sudden, her sister was a different person. And that, on top of everything else, was so hard. So, you know, this is a very real situation. And all of these emotions are so, so normal. And Putting somebody in a facility or in a situation that you know they would never have normally wanted, but in their state are not safe, is so, so hard to do. 
And so I would say if you are in this situation and you're really feeling conflicted, you're being pressured, whether it's by the hospital system, by the healthcare system, by family members, you feel pressured by your loved one's situation or finances not being in a secure place and you have to decide now, I would say take some breaths, shut yourself off and think. Nobody can make decisions under this type of pressure. Nobody, okay? And I don't care what anybody is telling you that you have to make a decision by tomorrow because if you don't decide by tomorrow, we're gonna kick the person out onto the street. No, that's just not fair. So you need to sit with yourself and really think. Gather the evidence, just like this person's sister did. Think about what they would want. Write it down on a piece of paper. Evidence, why they would be better in a facility. Evidence against why they would be better at home. What would my loved one want? Is it safe for them to be at home? Is it feasible for them to be at home? Are the finances there? What would happen if I put this person in a home and they were really upset? How can I best support them in the home? Are there activities they like in the home? Et cetera, et cetera. Taking a breath, shutting yourself off from everything, thinking and writing it out on paper instead of going through this and ruminating in circles in your head is a much better way to go about it. Are there other people who knew your loved one? Can you sit down with them with this piece of paper and go through it with them? I'm sure people would be on the same page as you. I'm sure people would be able to support your situation. And I'm sure at the end of the day, the decision that you make will be the right decision for your loved one and your family. But it's such a difficult process and it's a process that nobody ever wants to go through. And I'm going to say it now because I say this a lot to my clients and their family members is if your loved one is experiencing some type of a degenerative disease and they might lose their cognitive functioning or their cognitive abilities, have conversations with them. Have conversations with them. What happens if this happens? You know, do you want to stay at home? Are you okay to be in a facility? What if you're at home and you want to be supported at home, but all of a sudden finances run out or I'm not in the position to take care of you? Have these conversations. It alleviates so much guilt and unknowing because if these things happen, which in that scenario, you know, if, if someone's diagnosed with Alzheimer's, for example, you do know that ultimately this person is going to lose the ability to make these decisions for themselves. So Having these conversations when someone is able to gives you that peace of mind and knowing that this is what they wanted. This is what they wanted to do and I'm going to do it right now. This is okay. It's okay for me to make these decisions for them. It's okay for me to put them in a facility. But if you don't have these conversations and you really don't know what the person wanted, it's so hard and I get it. Sometimes it's too late. It's too late. I've been in this situation myself. For my mom and my grandmother, it was too late. We hadn't had those conversations and I was left making decisions for them, knowing what they might have wanted. But if you can, I would have those conversations. If not, write it down, have those conversations with other people. 
It's okay to be so stressed. It's okay to be so overwhelmed. This time is going to pass. This time will pass. Things will smooth out. Things will calm down. But right now, it's really, really stressful. And that's okay. It's okay, but it's hard. So that's really what I have to say today. And if you knew how common this was, maybe you already know it is super duper common, especially as people are aging and living longer. These things happen all the time. We are with you. We are there for you. This is so difficult. And please stay with us. Talk to us. Join us. We are here to support you. And we will see you in our next episode. And feel free to see us on all of our social channels. We're here for you. And you have this. That's it for today. And I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.